What is up, everybody? It's your host, Nick Highfill. Today, we have a very special episode. We got a guest. He's a good-looking man. He's got a mustache like me. I'm very excited to bring him on the show. But most importantly, thank you guys so much for coming back to another episode and tuning in to my ramble, the uh, the life stories that I have, the life stories of other people. Um, this podcast, we talk about personal development and entrepreneurship. Some of you might say, Nick, you're only four years into business. You don't know anything. We've all started somewhere. Um, I know a few things. I don't know a lot of things. That's why I bring guests onto the show. And on the personal development side, I would say I'm on somewhat of a personal development high, like most of you have been. You've read some books. You've gone to some events. You feel like Superman. Um, But there's some things that I've done through this journey that I've, I've lost some weight. I've changed relationships around me. There's been a bunch of good things that have came out of that. A couple of people I listened to is Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. I listened to them pretty regularly, and they had an event out in Nashville, Tennessee. And I thought, wow, this would be a good opportunity to go put some faces um, to their names. I'm a very visual person, so I figured instead of listening online, I could go watch this in person. So I went out there with Emma. I ended up proposing to her out there, so that was a win. But another big win uh, of outside of just the great content that we learned there was I met three really good friends that I know I'm going to be friends with for a very long time. And I hope to actually have all three of them on this show at one point. But the one today, his name's Matt Stone. Uh, We're going to have him on the podcast and he's going to be talking about some of his things uh, that he's gone through in personal development and some of the tools and strategy he uses on the daily basis. And um, I, I actually met Matt Uh, there's 2,500 people in the auditorium. Everybody had left for the day, uh, or not for the day, for lunch. And there was Matt and two other guys sitting in at their table. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. They're eating their lunch. And to me, I'm like, okay, they're probably on some sort of program. We're here at Andy Frisella's event. He's got 75 hard. I'm like, they're on 75 hard. I know it. So I walk over there and I'm like, you boys on 75 hard? Well, it turns out uh, Declan, one of the guys sitting there, I connected with him on Instagram the night before. I, I didn't put the face to the name right away. He's like, hey, I'm Declan. We, we connected last night. And I hadn't read his DM because I'm not great at reading DMs right away. And I had looked back after we met. And I'm like, oh, crap, he did DM me. Like, that's embarrassing. But point is that um, I met these, these three guys. They're both very talented. They live in different parts of the United States and, um, they bring a lot of value to the table. So we're going to welcome Matt to the show. Matt, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Nick. Dude, ab- great. I'm just happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad that you're here. Um, you've, you've kind of dove into the personal development. We all kind of shared some stories in Nashville, the books we read, we actually got to grab dinner afterwards and get to know each other a little bit more. But, um, what kind of got you on the train of wanting to better yourself and, and live a, a sharper life? Yeah, I think that's a, <clears throat> to understand where I am now, I have to kind of go back to the beginning. Cause, uh, uh, it's been, everyone has their own journey. Right. And I didn't really, I had phase ebbs and flows of really getting on the mental toughness kick or kind of going through essentially phases. Um, I I remember you mentioning the, uh, you have family that says, Oh, he's just gone through a phase. Uh, This is a phase. That's a phase. But 
as of the last two years, it's really been more of a lifestyle nice. than anything. Um, but where it really started, I'm just going to go back to kind of where I came from, how I got you know to where I am now. So uh, I grew up uh, in Washington, Bainbridge Islands. People might know that from you know the ferry rides. Uh, so it's a very big tourist commuting thing. Um, but I played sports, and I'm sure this is how a lot of people kind of got into their own journeys. I played sports, was ultra competitive. I'm the youngest of four, and growing up, I always kind of looked up to my siblings because they were all athletes. They were all good at what they did. They excelled, and they went above and beyond. Um, for example, my oldest brother, he set records at the high school, so my goal was always to break those. I never did, but that was always what I strive for. Um, my sister was a gymnast and she now owns a small business and my other brother uh he owns a small business he's in tech now um but he was also he he got me more on the kick later in life as far as uh personal development goes uh he actually got me my first like really personal development book the four agreements uh we've spoken about that before um but i was just kind of looking up to them in that sense and that kind of, whether we really know it or not, like as kids growing up, we're just kind of absorbing. We're sponges. We're really just trying to figure out what's going on the best that we can process it. And honestly, we're just kind of getting fed a lot of stuff that we're seeing and hearing from other people. Um, just going to fast forward. I, I get into high school. My siblings are all, um, I'm the youngest. They're all much, I wouldn't say much older, but there's, a, there's an age gap there. So um, I'd say like sixth grade, seventh grade i was the only person like it was my my parents my brother had gone to college um and it was my parents and me and my grandma and she has a great story and and i really i would like to touch on that at some point here but yeah um i was just kind of it was it was me and i just kind of had to figure it out obviously i had a big supporting cast but it felt like i was almost like an only child there at one point which was like good and bad i got to learn a lot but i also you know was um protected a lot and kind of not you know it's like a dichotomy of like thinking big and thinking outside the box and being beyond who i am but also with the con the, the confinement of like okay well you're the baby you're still there um and like i didn't really realize that until later in life but i'm also very grateful for it so how this plays into my mental toughness um journey is I, I played sports, continue to play sports, ultra competitive. I did uh, select baseball where I'd have to go to Seattle four to almost seven times a week to go practice or go play games. And so it's a 35 minute ferry ride. have to go there, go do class, take it, practice or game, go back. You get back at 10 o'clock at night, do fair or do homework on the ferry rides and just kind of like instilling that discipline in me. Um, so that was one you know, one thing similar at the same time when I was doing that, I was also playing high school football and high school or in a high school track. So I was doing two, I was doing baseball and track at the same time. Um, but I always just wanted to push myself. That was really the whole thing. Like I, I surrounded myself with a great group of dudes that really were motivated, wanted to play college sports. And I fell into that. And I'm very fortunate for that. Cause like, I love training. Training is my favorite thing in the world. Um, and being able to apply that to the mental aspect has been really fascinating. So uh, played high school football. I broke my collarbone my junior year. 
second game of the second or third game of the season, missed the entire season. I was pissed. Like I didn't like I didn't get a play um, for the entire season. The fall, the the next year, I broke my forearm midway through the season, um, <laughs> and I wouldn't let that stop me. I wrapped it, put like uh, pads over my cast. Uh, I w- played with a club, uh, like an actual, like it looked like a club um, for I'd say three or four games of the season. And I wouldn't let that stop me. I was, un- I was, you know, in my own right, unstoppable in my own version because I just wouldn't let that, you know, deter me from being, you know, doing what I wanted to do. Um, that ultimately led me to, you know, uh, getting a, a you know, second team all conference. And um, I was a team captain at the, at that time, part of the leadership team. Um, but the goal was to play college sports. So I went to, Eastern Oregon University, their small and or their NAI school. Um, I didn't get so for the distinction between NAI and NCAA is NAI. It's uh, a comparable to Division two, II, Division three, but they offer scholarships. I wasn't brought on on a scholarship, um, so I had to have that walk on mentality. I go get there, work my butt off, a little, push myself so hard to finally earning a scholarship. And that was just, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, a lot of things came to fruition, but I also just wasn't truly happy with where I, where I was, uh, the education and the athletics. Like I realized that I wasn't going to be a football player forever. And so I really wanted to value education. And so I transferred to Willamette university, um, where I was able to play football there. Uh, I joined a fraternity was a part of, you know, all of the shenanigans there, ended up being a part of the executive team uh, through a philanthropy chair, uh, or sorry, a, a fundraiser and co-philanthropy chair. And I just really enjoyed being in a leadership position and seeing the impact that you have. So well, I was also playing football at the time. I, I, I joined in my junior year and I still had three years of eligibility. So I get there, don't really know anybody. Um, I had a, a core group of guys that I knew that I became really good friends with that became fraternity brothers ultimately and uh, lifelong friends. And I just tried to work my butt off. And I was, I was, I was the age of, so this is, this is kind of interesting from my own perspective is I was at the age where I was the age of, ju- or of seniors going into their last season, but I still had two additional years of eligibility. So I could either ride it out and continue to play, or I could just quit when they quit and just kind of call it good. And But that wasn't in me. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to play. I wanted to compete. I wanted to be at the, play at the highest level that I possibly could. So I ended up doing that. Ended up, uh, after the first season, landed on the leadership squad for the following two years, was a team captain the, my, my final year, received the uh, Bearcat, so that was our mascot, the Bearcat Leadership Award for offense, the offensive guys. And, like, it, it, it was great. I loved getting the award. Uh, the hard work had paid off. Um, but it wasn't really about the award. So... <laughs> Going into my final season, uh, actually, I'll, I'll take a step back. So my my second to last season, the last game of the season, we we're playing Whitworth uh, in Spokane, and I 
my my co-running back we were both starting so me and my my friend joey thurman um he was co-running back starter uh he had an ankle problem the week before and we would do this thing where i'd either block for him or he'd block for me right uh, and he's smaller than I am, and I'm not very big. At the time, I was probably 180. Uh, I'm five five nine one eight or five yeah five nine five ten 180, and he, he's like five eight, one seventy five. So we're blocking for each other, right? Yeah. On most like dual run plays, and he's like, man, I honestly like, I don't want to get you hurt, but I can't. I can't lead block. If I can't lead block, then you're toast. Um, because he couldn't pre- pressure on one ankle as opposed to the other. So I was like, hey, man, this is your last game. I might be coming back next season. I'll block for you. Every play. Every play. Every play that we ran the ball, uh, I would take 230, 240 linebackers on. I'd get my butt kicked half the time. But, you know, I put myself out there. Uh, really sacrificed my body. It was it was good. It was fine. I mean, we lost the game, but it was a it was a really memorable experience for me in that situation. And the reason why I mention it is because after the game, I'm like sitting in the locker room, last last person there, kind of processing everything going on. Didn't realize I had a concussion, so I go onto the bus, still not feeling great. Go up to the trainers, talk to them. So the reason why I, I mention that is the the next season in training camp so we have fall camp that starts in august and that goes for two months or it goes for a month to two months before our first game and in the second day of padded practice i got another concussion and for some context that senior class before of the the guy that i was blocking for we graduated probably 20 25 guys and we had a massive freshman class come in um bigger than we've had in the past and so we had a, the, one of the biggest drop-offs of seniors and players, especially starters, because we had 11 starting offensive and defensive linemen com- or defensive players combined. I was one of the only returners. We get all these new faces, right? All these new freshmen, new transfers, they come in. I get concussed on the second day. No one knows who I am, except for the guys that have already played. So I had a concussion, and I really didn't want to rush coming back to it because I just had a concussion like, like before that. And, uh, people know CTE is like a big thing and, um, brain trauma. And I just didn't want to be, you know, another statistic there. So I took my time. I took over a month to recover. Um, couldn't really, I was in business school too at the time. So I had to miss class, had to get classes recorded, go in to see the professors after hours because I wasn't able to attend the class, right? Um, I missed the first game of the season. So I've been out a month. All like I'd say 60% of the team were new guys. And I come in and I'm like, where do I, I, I don't want to like assert authority because these people don't know me. So I had to talk with my, uh, my running backs coach. Cause I played running back and we just kind of came to the terms of like, I just have to show them who I am. And so I came in 
And I was just, uh, I just had that chip on my shoulder of like, it's almost like I was trying to prove to the other people of who I am. But looking back on it, really, it was just to prove to myself that I wasn't just the talk that I was making. You know, like I wasn't just, it wasn't just clinic talk. Like I was, I would go in there and um, like really follow through on the things that I wanted to do. So we had a small running back room, probably 12 guys. Uh, I'd probably say like eight to 12 guys. It fluctuated. Um, I would make it a point to be the first one into meetings. If I had class and I, I had to show up late, then I had to show up late, but I would do my, I'd do my work. Like I would go in there. I'd almost try and serve as like a second coach to the guys that were freshmen. Cause like we had a ton of new guys. That um, says a lot about your character. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, and I would stay late after practice because I know that there were things that I needed to work on. And I would tell the guys in the room before practice, I'm like, Hey, I'm pro- I'm going to work on some stuff after practice. Like <laughs> I wouldn't say it would be mandatory, but like if I saw you going into the locker room, <laughs> I would stop you and be like, Hey, would you want to work on some routes or work on some, uh, sealing the edge blocks when we have to block a defensive lineman or an outside linebacker because we, we had sweeps. Um, and so we just got like a core group of guys, like after practice. And then it would start from the running back group. Like we would take care of our own job and then people like, some of the backup quarterbacks or the starting quarterbacks would stay after practice. And it just kind of created a ripple effect um, uh, among our offense and defense. Um, one of my, one of my really good friends, Tommy, he was an, a defensive defensive end outside linebacker. We always had kind of a competition because in scrimmages, we'd always block each other. Uh, he actually gave me the concussion. So <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but we would just see that as an opportunity to push each other. And like, whether it was the first string or the, 10th string it wouldn't matter like we're just begin doing that doing that to perfect our craft so the reason why i kind of get into this whole story is i received that award because of it like i received the the leadership award because i just had a relentless attitude and going every day and being the best that i can and trying to i wanted to leave the program better than wait i wanted to yeah i wanted to leave the program better better than you found it then I found it. Yeah. And that was ultimately the case. Like we weren't record wise. We were one of the worst teams in the country, but it there was a lot of like, it was more character development. Honestly, that's what, I mean, if you're playing sports, in my opinion, like winning's really important. Yeah. But it's also the character that you develop through discipline, through doing the right thing. Um, kind of saying no to all the, the distractions and the, a couple of things I learned. So that was kind of like what got me on starting the kick where I was like, oh, wow, I actually have like a little bit of more autonomy over my life than I realized. Like I have the power to go and make these actions and have an impact on other people. Sure. When, Fast forward. Yeah, I was going oh, yeah, go to back up real quick. When was Please. When did you read the personal development book, that book that your brother gave you? Yeah, so – my final season at Willamette, so this is the season I'm talking about where I received the award. I did my first year of business school. It's, okay. It was an accelerated program, two years. In between my first and my second year is when I really started getting into it. So okay. my first year, I'm figuring out what I want to do. I'm like, do I want to do accounting? Do I want to own a, start a business? Do I want to get into analytics or marketing? I found out that I liked marketing. I found out that I loved analytics. So the summer between my first and my second year i got an internship with pat car and they're in a their fortune 150 company or at least at the time they were um commercial truck distributor and manufacturer so they own truck like um they own like 
Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks. Um, my brother gave me that book. I didn't read it for a couple couple months, but I found time. I think over that summer to kind of like delve into it and like I read I read most of it and then I listened to the audiobook version because he's like, oh, if you haven't actually read the book yet. The uh, the audio the audio book is amazing, um, and that was with uh, this Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, the Four Agreements, and I read that book and I listened to the audio book mainly, um, and it just gave me a completely different perspective on my upbringing, on my perception of other people, on my other people's on other people's perception of me, based off of the own values and own um, they call it domestication of humans, like the, their own domestication, their own upbringing, and how they process information based off of the inputs that they received as a child based off of cues that they they get from their parents from people around them from the community i was very fortunate i had a really strong community around me um so i'm very fortunate for and grateful for that to have happened in that same summer i started listening to tony robbins so, nice classic yeah, that that's was like the first that's how everybody uh, gets into it they get an ad or something for tony robbins and uh, read a book or something of his, digest some piece of content, and they're like, man, this is cool. Yeah, and uh, I never listened to podcasts before that, and so I was working, I was a data analyst working, and just kind of trying to trying to take as much information. I had a little notebook that, like, whenever I take breaks from actual work, I'd, like, jot down as many things as I could remember that I learned. Um, I still have those notebooks, uh, but, yeah, that was just kind of what got me in the kick, and so it was like football. I had a spike of, of motivation into the personal development. It almost, those were more like phases mm-hmm. where I got into a phase because I was more so when I was doing my internship, I was pretty much living on my own and I had like the ability to reflect and learn from my reflections. I start my second year of business school. Kind of most of that stuff goes out the window. I still listen to the podcasts. I dabbled with audiobook from time to time but i had so many distractions like i had i had deadlines and school and trying to figure out a job for my future uh fast forward covid hits i had the opportunity to do a data science master's program through willamette as well because that was really like (laughs) if there's anything i learned in business school it's that (laughs) i wanted to be in data science (laughs) that was your one takeaway Um, that was that was a takeaway that I had. Um, now I learned a lot of lot of different uh, lessons and met a lot of awesome people and awesome professors. Um, I get into data science and that whole thing. That's like all during COVID. Everything's remote. Um, man, what a time! Yeah. And like I just, uh, I was doing school. I was doing well in school. Like. I was getting projects done. I was still, I was searching for jobs. I was doing all of the work that I needed to do through that process. I actually, I was listening my, my friends, Devin, he is, is a, he's a business owner, entrepreneur, single father. Um, and he got me into listening to this podcast called real business owners. And it's two guys there. Uh, they own a credit repair and they also own an accounting service and they mention they mention andy frisella and i'm like i'm like okay well i'm getting back into the phase again um 
and I listened to one of his podcasts and I'm like, okay, it's real AF. So like, okay, I think I've always been the type of person who learns from kind of being not yelled at, but like I've had coaches my entire life. You know, I, I, I know different coaching styles based off of the people that I've met and what I've learned from those. And I listened to, I'm like, I kind of resonate with this. Like, this is pretty sweet. I can't entirely remember the message of the first one, first podcast I listened to. Um, but I listened to it. I digested it for about a week. And then I came back to his podcast. And I started and I learned about the power list. And so I applied that in my job searching and my business or my data science program. And I had a power list of five items. One was job search related. One was data science related. Um, one was like, uh, read a little bit, uh, like a couple several, like for 20 minutes a day, visualize, um, meditation, uh, all these different things. I, because I played football, my body's still kind of re readjusting. So like physical therapy things, like things that I wanted to put myself, um, in the right direction. And so, I started getting into that, started doing the powerless, start winning days and just celebrating those little wins just kind of had a monumental effect. Like the small changes that I had in my daily routines, whether that was a uh, something I would do in the morning or something I do before I go to bed, uh, really, really dr drove me into doing more structured, like I'm a structured person. I've been on schedules because of sports, very structured. Um, it kind of, it got me into the next phase of like, okay, this, this powerless is pretty good. This man's got some credibility. Like, I don't know anyone else that are doing any of these things, but they sure as hell work for me. Um, might as well continue to listen and, and learn. And I, you know, I was in, I was living on Bainbridge. I was living with my sister. My sister's a single mom. And so I was living with my sister, uh, my niece, my brother and his girlfriend. And like, I'm just kind of getting into a rhythm and I end up like moving. I'm ended up ending up moving back. I'm moving to Yakima where my parents live so I can focus on the, the job search situation. Started 75 hard in the, in the middle of that or towards the beginning of that, that whole, that whole ordeal there. And I just, I don't ever want to go back. Yeah, <laughs> like it, I was going through, I was going through a, it wasn't like a hard time, but I felt like I was in, I was surrounded by family, but I also felt like I was in isolation. Um, I felt like I just kept comparing myself to other people like, Oh man, like, like, Oh, my friends are making money. My friends have jobs. Like the economy is crap right now. I tried to come up with every justifiable excuse that I possibly could to not actually do any of the work. So the powerless kind of got me out of that. And then I started 75 hard. And I did it by myself and didn't know anyone else doing the program until I met you guys, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is, which is awesome. Um, but I, yeah, I started the program and I was pretty fortunate. I look at, look back through half the program. I didn't have a job while I was doing it. So I was doing my outdoor workouts. I go either like, br like briskly walk my brother's dog, or I was coaching football at the same time uh, for my, for my old high school and I could walk to practice and I would go and I'd set up the drills and do um, my own little drills before practice, get that as my workout, um, get another workout in. Um, and then I, then I moved and uh, just can continue to stay relentless and trying to get those small wins. 
Yeah, but, did, yeah, that's kind of how the journey has been has gone for me. I know I kind of rambled on there no. for a little bit, but I I just wanted to set paint a paint a pretty thorough picture. Yeah, Matt, that's pretty incredible. And we had definitely like two different experiences through school. It sounds like academically you did okay. You enjoyed sports. I was on the opposite end of that. Like <laughs> academically, I I just, it was bad. Like I was failing classes and it was, uh, wasn't a good situation. And then on the sports side, like I had no interest. I'm like, I don't want to hang out with these guys. These guys are kind of dicks. Like that's kind of what I thought. And <laughs> I didn't really have like a group I clicked with. I tried to click with everybody, but there wasn't like a main thing I was trying to go for in school. So I just love to hear that and your ambition towards sports. And I know that sports do teach people a lot of different things. And like you said, the the routines and the disciplines and the showing up to sports kind of guided you through life. And then when you got into this personal development journey, there was probably some parallels there and it, it probably made oh, things definitely. a little, little bit smoother from where when I came into it, I was like, like I said, didn't do so well in school. I started a business. I'm like, man, things are all over the place. I don't know where I'm going with this. And then I was kind of the one to bitch out on things and make excuses. And I'm like, ah, no, I can't do that. Or no, I don't have time for that. Like, nope, I, I can't go yeah. here. Cause <laughs> like, I just don't have time when it, it went in reality, I had a lot of time and I just wasn't a structured person and I didn't hold myself to any sort of standard. Um, yeah, I, I, I gained some weight. I was kind of getting, I was, I was kind of always a little chubby, but I was getting chubbier and I'm like, this <laughs> is not good. Um, so it is a pretty cool journey to be on. And a lot of people, like you say, think like, Oh, this is just a phase of your life. This is something you're going through. Yeah. But what I found is like, this is a way to restructure your life, like striving for more, listening to people better than you, like that that can take you a long ways and the access to information we have now in 2023 is absolutely incredible like you can yeah. you can learn anything you can get anybody's uh content you can learn anything from anyone like it it's just an incredible time to be living in but we talked briefly uh a week ago about your some ways that you kind of structure your life on a daily basis. And you did go through 75 hard. Um, I did as well. You went through twice, right? Yeah. I just finished up, uh, 75. I did the whole life, uh, live hard program. Uh, and I'm in live hard phase one. Now I finished 75 hard about a month ago. Very well, actually, cool. no, a little over a month. Cause I just finished phase one. <laughs> Very so that cool. Adds up. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what 75 hard is, uh, there'll be a podcast on the show where Emma and I talk about our journey and everything you have to do in it. But I want to talk a little bit about what you call mindset mapping. Uh, you kind of had a theory to this and how you structure things and you, sh you were showing it to me over a, a zoom call and I'm like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. I have a different version of this. It's, it's a very watered down, but kind of paint the picture for those who are not watching like what mindset mapping is to you and how you use it. Yeah. So kind of reflecting on some of the things that I touched on earlier, it's like I needed structure in my life or, you know, that's how I was able to be successful. And so just through after, after the first go of 75 hard, I learned so much information through the books and podcasts and just the content that I was consuming. Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like put it somewhere. 
and like work on it all the time. You know, like I didn't want it to, I didn't want this, this, um, I didn't want the mental toughness, personal development to be a passive sport because it's not. Mm -hmm. So I went, did some research. I learned about something that, um, Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza, he has, I watched this short clip and it's like how to change your ha It's like a, how to change your habits, uh, by starting with this one thing every day. And so I started, that was the baseline. So that was like what I, what I initially took. So, um, some of those things that he mentions are you, you wake up and the first thing you do in the morning, you, 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 uh, you wake up and you think to yourself while you're still laying in bed, this is like your mind's time to process like who you are and what you're going to do and who you're going to be. So you wake up and you, and you first think like, what is the greatest ideal of myself that I could be today? And think about it and think of the actions that you take and think of the steps that you do to get in, get to where you want to be. Um, so it wouldn't, it doesn't take that much time. I would, I would like sit in bed, lay in bed, have my eyes closed um, for reasons that I learned from Jim Quick. Like when you're processing in like alpha state after you wake up, you're more likely to implement it in your life. Uh, you read Limitless, so I'm sure you probably, uh, it's like a, after you wake up, it's the, it's a recording your dreams. Yeah. This isn't the same thing, but it's a lot, like I've taken things from different people that I've applied to my own, yeah, my own situation, which I think everyone should do because that's how they really truly learn and grow. It's not like you you don't just recycle everything that you get from other people, but you apply it into your own life how it fits. So where I would start with thinking of my ideal self, and that would be, uh, let's say I wake up and I you know want to really strive in my job. So I work in data analytics for Nordstrom. So I would sit in bed and think, okay, delivering that project, uh, having that difficult conversation with my boss, uh, showing someone how to do something that I know that they might not know, or going and asking the question to learn about the thing that I don't know. So I go and I'd sit there and I'd think about these things. It takes like, 30 seconds to a minute, depending on the content that you want to do. Um, then you go and you write down four thoughts that you're going to be conscious of the whole day. So I go and I'm just going to use some examples that I've been doing now. So I'd go and I'd, I'd think, jot in my head, and basically you're pulling the things from your head into the into what you're writing for these next 16 bullet points, essentially. But they're the, broken down by fours, I'll get into it. So the first one, the first four, so the four thoughts I'm going to stay conscious of, I, I write down, think right towards others, habit stack, improve from yesterday, and compete. Next, I would go in and think, what thoughts do I want to fire into my brain? Like the first and the second, the first and the second tier are, are, are similar, but they're different because you, you want to rehearse these and two, it's like, you don't need to stay conscious of them the entire day. You just, you need to know what, you need to know the direction in which you're going. So uh, the four that I have right now are, this is easy, like tricking, not tricking, like hacking my mind into thinking that a difficult task, task is easy. And we're talking about this last week, but I learned um, from this guy, uh, I think Charlie Rocket, he breaks things down in such a, an interesting way. 
he goes and he goes down like the rabbit hole of like, okay, cold shower, for example. I dread cold showers, <laughs> typically, a lot of people do. But if you break it down into thinking like, okay, five minutes, cold shower, I've done that, something similar to that before. When I was a kid, when I was eight years old, I'd go swimming in the Puget Sound and it was colder than the cold shower and I'd be out there for hours. Um, and so I break it down to, to making it so it's like, wow, it's, I'm just really just working this up in my own head. Um, so this is easy. Uh, the next one is be curious, dig deep. And that's basically if something's boring you or if, if there's something that like you don't fully understand, like kind of dive into it and, and, and find one fact that might be interesting to you. Uh, the next is be a sponge. So just kind of like having humility and just kind of learning and learning and learning and active recall and review. So one thing that learned in Limitless is like the way that you actually wire things in your brain is you go, you read through something, you study it, and then you go and you review through your mind by writing it down or in your head, basically the things that you learned and what you don't learn, you kind of go read through and then rewrite all that stuff. So I'd rehearse that three times in the morning. So I do this, I do this every morning. I do this every time after my morning routine. This is the last step in my morning routine after some visualization. Then I do this because then I'm like, um, I've, I've kind of strayed away from, from the first step, but it's just, it's fit better into my schedule this way. Uh, so the next thing is how do I speak? I write four things about how, what I want to change about how I speak. So the first one is positively. Like I just want to be that positive guy. Um, and I just think that there's a lot of benefits from being positive channeling energy. So channeling my energy into my conversations, whether it's listening or speaking, um, eye contact is like a really big one for me too. Uh, the next thing is analyze before speaking. So it's just thinking before speaking and then one second pause. So I, I try to give grace between when someone asks me a question or someone talks, I try and give a one second pause before I go through and respond. Um, and those last two kind of channel. And then how do I act? There are four things. I'm just going to go through it quickly. How do I act? Four things I want to change about how I act. Confidently, monotask, storm the gate, which is my own little thing of like attack the uncomfortable and smile. So, it is. <laughs> uh, so I go through every morning, I, I write these things um, and I just try to improve it every day. Uh, and I, what I end up doing is I love analytics. I'm an analytical minded person. I go and I track all this stuff. So going through my day, I'm not just, I'm not just writing these things down at the beginning of the day. I go through and I carry my notebook with me that has this piece of paper in it. And for those of and you whenever, who, who can't see this, like I got to see it over a, a call the other week and yeah. it's, he carries a, <laughs> like a binder with him and yep. this is a custom sheet of paper right. front and back, right? Front and back. The front is different than the back, but the front is really what I wanted to dive into here. And when I look at that, I'm like thinking of a, a school assignment that I dreaded doing for two weeks. And you do something yeah. like this every single day, which is absolutely incredible. As you're going through all this, it just gets me super fired up and makes me think of different ways to implement some of what you're saying uh, into like a similar process that I have. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you, glad you mentioned that. It's like, I try to compare this to like, uh, I played sports and in a, in a practice, you have an agenda, you have things that you want to work on. Uh, there's different drills for different things. And so I kind of like kind of the inspiration aside from where I got the idea from 
but was like to have an agenda and have articulate like a, an actual well thought out methodology to be able to apply that into every day. So I go through and I carry this notebook with me and people might think I'm crazy for doing it, but I really don't care. And I go and I do tick marks of, of if I, if I have it stacked. So if I brush my teeth flossing right after, um, or if I'm, if I'm, if I have, if I'm like working out and I have to flip the compete switch on, I give a tick mark and I go and I track it every day. And I actually import it into an Excel spreadsheet where I, I track Monday through Saturday. I take Sundays off to reflect and to map out the things that I'm going to think about this following week. And I score it and I score it and I see what the best things are that I, the things that I did that were good and the things that I did that were not so good. And I have like an out, like a type of model that predicts like based off of the inputs, based off of the variation between the days, what things do I need to work on next week? And I, I, I look at it and I don't just like take the data for what it is. I think about the week and I'm like, okay, is that be, was that a product of the week or was that a product of, was that a product of me just not performing in, let's say, monotasking, let's, not focusing on one specific task, but like being scatterbrained in the task that I do? Like, um, and so I go through and every week I go, I'm in my second iteration of this format. Um, I went through the phase one. I'm just kind of calling it that. It was like a 10-week program of the things that I kind of wanted to have consistent every week. And then I'm on to phase two where I'm on completely different things because uh, like I said at the beginning, like this is, it's the mental toughness and it's, 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 it's a lifestyle, you know, like I didn't want, I didn't want to fall into the same lifestyle that I had for those previous 10 weeks because they were good. They were, they were even great, but I wanted to see how, what I could instill from the previous 10 weeks I could build on top of that with this, the, the next um, 10 weeks. And so that's just kind of, that's the inspiration. That's how I've been able to implement that into my life. Uh, I, I'm hoping to one day um, get this out there for more people to, to learn and to do in their own life. Because one thing that the biggest lesson that I learned, learned from my journey so far, and I've been in this mental tough, mental toughness journey mental development journey for the last two and a half years. I, I'm kind of stretching for the half. It's more been like two years since I started 75 hard. Um, but being able to realize that I have autonomy over my own life and like I can be the person who I want to build myself to be not, not because fate has any sort of agenda for me. Like I believe in fate, but I also believe in action to yeah. uh, see that fate, you know, come to fruition. Um, yeah. I, I always go back to you have the choice, like you can design your life in whatever way you want, whether it's time discipline, physical discipline with going to the gym, eating food, stuff like that. But I think a lot of people have this idea in their head that might have grown up um, in not so ideal situations, might have struggled as a kid, maybe an abusive household, um, their parents were alcoholics, drug addicts, something like that. And people come out of that situation and think, well, I can't be anybody else. Like these people must have something different. Like Matt Stone, you must be gifted. You must've came from a wealthy family or, or you 
somebody must have took taken you under their wing in high school and just made you the man you are. Um, there's there's incredible people, and if you really look into truly successful people, even like Ed Milet, he he grew up in a family that his dad was an alcoholic. Um, there was, I think, a lot of mental abuse that happened, but like you have the choice to do whatever you want. And I absolutely love that you've made choices in your life to get you where you're at. You work at Nordstrom. I think that's super cool because um, it's a big company. You live in a big city, though, to where that might be more of a normal thing. Um, but what has it been like when you've stacked these things day on or every single day you filled out this piece of paper? Like, what has that done for you and how has that helped build your character? <laughs> you know, uh, the simple answers I can't even put into words. Like I feel like I have all cylinders firing and the momentum is pushing me so far. And that's one thing that I've actually learned. I'm sure you've learned from doing the, the program 75 hard and the live hard programs. It's like when you feel like you're in that state, you want to stay in that state. You want to continue to dominate. You want to continue to compete. Um, and that's like, for me, it's been driven because I started in football and that's how I learned competition. And that's why, you know, in my opinion today, there's a lot of competition out there, but there's a lot of people that are afraid of the competition. Uh, but competition's healthy. Competition's how humans became the top of the, you know, food chain, essentially. It's how you grow. Um, it's how you grow. It's how you, how you, if you don't compete and you don't lose and you don't fail um, and you're not able to do the things that are uncomfortable to you, uh, then you're just, you're not going to grow. Um, so that's why one of my, my things that I have every day is storm the gate. I was talking about this. So I use that as like attacking the uncomfortable because I know that that's where I'm going to create my separation and, and the distance between me and, and the people I am competing with in the same role, same, you know, uh, aspirations as me. Uh, and like I just finished phase one and I had like a 48 hour period of not doing the program, <clears throat> not sticking to it. And I, I was telling Emma the other day, like I was just kind of feeling like, like I didn't have momentum on my side. I felt like it was almost like an empty, not empty, but like, it was just in like a limbo, like an in-between, like, okay, well, what do I do now? And then I realized like, that's the point of the program. Yeah. That is the point where I go in and I'm thinking like, okay, well, why don't I just continue to do the thing? Why don't I just continue to read? I didn't read. We've, you and I have related on this. I was in special reading classes uh, up until the second grade. Like I couldn't, I still struggle with reading. Um, and I was in the, I was in those special reading classes up until the day I graduated. So, oh man, <laughs> yeah, but I just like, uh, I didn't like, I kind of, this is kind of, uh, tangential, but I was a C student. Yeah. <laughs> like I was very average. I got into Eastern Oregon because I didn't have great grades to go into other schools. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I couldn't receive scholarship because I had too low grades. Like I failed classes. I went to one, two, I went to three different, I went to three different schools. Uh, and like, I, there's a lot of learning, a lot of failure there. Um, 
Well, what was the original question? Uh, sorry about that. I think we were just going on about uh, just building yourself up to doing these things day in and day out and what that's done for you. You said that it was it was kind of remarkable, speechless, like there's no words to describe that power and the flow that you get. What is one thing that you would share with somebody that might be listening and going, wow, Matt really has this going on. He's He's really got a routine set and... I really like the way that he uses this uh, mindset mapping every day. Like what is one thing you would say to encourage somebody to start being a little bit more disciplined with their, with their energy throughout the day. And I'd consider this part of your energy because doing something like this every morning and every day really gets you going for the day. So what's one thing you would tell somebody that's struggling to, to hop on this? Yeah. One thing I learned through just this journey is, how you start your day is typically how the rest of the day plays out. If you start the day and you have, and you start thinking of deadlines or you start thinking of stressors, then you're, then you're programmed, your, uh, your, your RAS, your, your reticular activation system looks for those things. They look for problems. Um, and so if you start your day in a positive way, or if you start it in uh, maybe not even necessarily a positive way in a, in a, middle of the you know it's just a normal day like you don't have any stresses uh then that really has a it's a predictor of how the trajectory of the rest of your day will look so my advice for that is manage your mornings manage your nights and it's such a simple concept but i struggle with it every day too you really think like i wake up in the morning and sometimes I am just like, I really don't want to do this. And so I almost put it off and then I end up doing it anyways, or I not, I don't do it. And then I, then I lose the day. Uh, that's for, for uh, my powerless people out there. I think you understand. Um, but managing your mornings and managing your nights. So I've, one thing I've, I've struggled with sleep and I'm sure a lot of people struggle with sleep, but it's like how you manage your sleep is how you manage your nights. So you have your routines that you do before you go to bed and then it primes you for when you wake up to have your routines in order. So if you don't like, for example, if you hit snooze five times, which I, I'm, I do this not often, but it happens. Um, then that kind of just sh it literally shifts my day. And then the first thing that I think about is like, man, <laughs> I hit snooze five times. <laughs> and so, and, and then that's like, then that's where the input for the trajectory of the rest of my day looks like. So if you don't manage your nights, if you don't have a good routine before you go to bed, um, if you like, for example, like shutting a lot electronics off like an hour before you go to bed, kind of shutting your mind off and being kind of like being, being in being, um, that's, those are just a couple of things I do. I, I meditate before I go to bed. Uh, I sometimes read before I go to bed. Uh, I, I try to, I would rather read in the morning because it gets my, my mind jump started yeah. as opposed to at night. Like there's so many things I want to apply for my reading, but I can't apply it right before I go to bed. Or, I mean, I could, but then, then I would lay in bed and kind of keep my mind active. So, um, yeah, just kind of to, to tie it all together, manage your mornings, manage your nights, because they really are, if you don't manage one or the other, then like, it's almost like a scale. Like if your scales aren't balanced, then if you're, you know, having too much fun at night, then your mornings are going to be a little bit harder to do. Same thing in reverse. If you don't manage your mornings, then it's, it's possible that towards the night, then 
everything has shifted. At least that's been my experience. Yeah. Well, Matt, you were an incredible human. Uh, how old are you? I don't even know this. <laughs> I'm 27. 27. I turn 28 next month. Um, but that's, I've just been very fortunate to have older siblings and, um, that have really pointed me in the right direction. And now my goal is to help them, you know, like I've learned through 75 hard, a lot about myself, a lot that, you know, I'm sure you've had similar experiences where you just kind of learn some things like you, like, it's not fun to go and, uh, I've, I've had to, had to do this, but like work out at a truck stop. It's not fun. I don't want to do it. But when I sit back in the car before I go on to the rest of my drive after I've done it, I'm like, I'm bad AF. <laughs> yeah. You feel like a tough mofo. Yeah. 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 It's just kind of like, it, and then it, it attaches wins to that. And then similar, okay, I guess back to your previous question. Yeah. If I accomplish something in the morning, like this uh, mindset mapping or just, you know, doing like my normal morning routine. That's a, that's a check in the wind column. Then you're looking for wins all day. It starts to become an addiction. One thing that Ed Milet said at Arate syndicate live that I say this to myself every time in my, in my visualization and meditation, I am addicted to the expansion of my being. Like, think about that for a second being addicted to the expansion of who you are and who you will become and who your family will see and who your friends will see. Like I'm addicted to that. And I want to continue. I, I love that he said that because I just kind of like, that was on top of the being like, Oh, I have autonomy over my own life. Like why not be the best person I could possibly be? It doesn't make sense not to like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's just me, but kind of stack the wins in your favor. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've covered a lot. We've covered Matt's story and pieces that I actually didn't even know. Uh, we covered your mindset mapping and that one pretty good takeaway that take control of your morning and evening. Uh, I, I do believe heavily in that, that that does determine a lot of things. I actually was a, um, I'm guilty of the five snoozes this morning. I, I had a late night last night for like, Jocko and David Goggins. <laughs> yeah. I had a late, late late night last night with some uh, dinner with some friends and got to bed way too late. And I'm like, I'm going to get up in the morning. And I was just battling like a super bad headache. And I hit that snooze button five times. And then when I got up, I'm like, man, what happened to the day? Like, it's over. The podcast is going to suck. I don't even have time to cook breakfast. I was just like freaking out. And I was like, I still got to do some prep work. And I'm like, man. This sucks. You know, like I normally get up at 3.45 a.m. I read a book. I do meditation and prayer. I drink water. I eat a little snack. I go to the gym at five. Like everything's very routine when it comes to that. And when you don't get that, it's like, oh, man, I'm falling apart. But you do have to shift your mind and say, okay, no, no, this is just fine. Like I had time. I had plenty, like I had like an hour and a half before we recorded this. So there was time there, but I was just like putting stress on myself that wasn't needed. And like on the way too, like I ran something over and like, I thought the tire got flat and I'm like, Oh crap, just something else to add to this. But I had to like flip my mind. I'm like, no, you know what? It's going to be a great day. Like I'm very fortunate for this day. I'm very fortunate that I get to speak with you, that I get to do the things this afternoon that I get to be doing. Like you just 
you can't let those negative thoughts take you over because they can take you over and they can consume you and just suck you down. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on that. And that's why I was uh, mentioning the point of like, if you manage your nights, then you're not going to have that problem in the morning. Like Absolutely. you wake up, you wake up and then you stack, you, you hit, you don't hit snooze. That's a win right there. Oh yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a win. If you start your day, like something like that. Um, but also one thing that you mentioned that I just really wanted to touch on really quick is when you do have those moments where you have to change your mindset. There's like a key portion of awareness where you're like, you kind of like sit back into a objective land and you're like, like, like why? not necessarily like why, but you have the opportunity to start your day over at that exact moment. Yep. You, you really do. Um, and to say that you can't is, you, I mean, you'd be lying to yourself. Like, yeah, oh, oh well, uh, someone passed away and so I'm feeling bad or, you know, like something didn't go my way. It's like having that awareness to sit, hit pause. And uh, Damon West actually talked about it. Like you have the opportunity to start your day over. What you, what you think is your day and starting your day is just kind of like a perception and something that's been passed down from other people like your perception is different from others like i can say that i mean this is crazy in my opinion but you could say my day starts at uh nine uh, 10 a.m even though i've been up for four hours you know like mm -hmm. it's just a matter of perspective um but i also want to talk about some of the morning rituals that i have yeah i just i figured you were mentioning what you you said i call them i don't say like a routine i call it a ritual because i kind of like um I, I just, I, it, it's shifted in my mind that a ritual is, is more something that's like beyond me, not beyond me, but like it's, it has more existential meaning to it as opposed to like a routine. Um, so I wake up, uh, I wear, I wear an eye mask at night and my eyes are really dry. I hit eye drops. Uh, I drink water. Uh, but the, uh, when I go and I put my feet on the ground, I actually le learned this in the BJ Fogg's uh, tiny habits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, as soon as I hit my, touch my feet on the ground, I say today's gonna rock, and then I go rock, and I go like, oh, throw the horns Dude, up. Dude, that's sweet. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's, it's a small win. It's like you're celebrating getting your feet out of bed. Like think about all the, you know, all the times that you've put your feet on the ground and you just did the next thing. Like there's no meaning attached to it. Yeah. Except I'm getting up, you know, like that's what the, my, the voice in my head, like, Oh, I got to get up, you know? <laughs> um, so I like associate getting my feet out of bed and on the ground is like a win. He really emphasizes celebration and celebrating like all the little things that you do, right. Whether they're like sitting and remembering about good posture, for example, um, I visualize for, I, I sit back down on the bed, on top of the covers, I do 10 minutes of visualization. So I, I look at, in my mind, what my future is going to look like um, and get very, very detailed um, to the coffee that I'm drinking, the flavor of the coffee, to the color robe I'm wearing or the color shirt or the workout that I'm doing in the morning, like in my future. So this will all happen eventually. Um, and then I do something called a 
mental video technique. Uh, I'm just going to kind of breeze over. It's just like you think of a problem and uh, you think of a, you think of an opportunity to solve the problem that you're going to be faced with in the day. Uh, I make the bed right after I open the blinds, put my contacts in, get sunlight for like 10 to 15 minutes, whether it's just like staring out your window, um, not directly into the sun, like kind of where there is light, but not directly at it because it actually wakes you up yeah. much quicker. Um, uh, Andrew Huberman has like podcasts that could go on for days that he talks about this. So I highly recommend you listen to those. Um, I track a sleep log, uh, get food. I do like a hip exercise. I get dressed. I brush my teeth and do some gratitude. And then I do my mindset stuff. So it's all just the way it fits into my own day based off of my priorities in the day, based off when I have work, based off when I'm going to go work out. Um, so it's customizable to everyone. And I think that's kind of what I fell into when I, in my beginning of my journey is like, I would just do what other people told me to do because that's, that, that was the way I received information and, and, and did action. Yeah. But it's like, if you improve based off of, you know, what you want in life, uh, like for, for example, like doing that visualization, like it might not be practical for you to do 10 minutes of that, but where I see my life going, it's almost like I need to do it because then it gets me realigned for like why, not why I'm waking up, but like where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So point, the, the point is make your mornings manageable by the tasks that you can complete in the morning that really aren't a very high lift yeah. on your energy. And from my experience too, I'll say to people, don't try to do too many things in the morning. I'm a, I'm a, I'm really bad at this in a short amount of time. I'm like, I can do this, 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 and this, and this. And it always results in me being like a few minutes late to things. Cause I just try to stack so many things into the morning. And I, I've, been guilty of that with my morning routine. I'm like, Oh, I could do this, 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 and this, but I'm like, I'm not going to read a book for only 10 minutes. Like I need at least 30 minutes. And so that's one thing that I've definitely taken away from morning routines is just keep it simple. But I definitely want to have you and Nick and Declan on a podcast and we could all talk about the morning routines because or rituals, because I think everybody's a slightly different and I never saw the importance of one until I implemented it. And I'm like, wow, just like you said, you start the day off and you're, you're already one step closer to winning the day. And you start off like feeling productive. And like when we get back from the gym at at six o'clock, I'm like, wow, I I feel like I've got a lot done today. Like this day is going to getting started too. (laughs) Yeah. But I am totally going to adapt what you're saying about you with the first time you put your feet on the floor saying this day is going to rock. Like, I, dude, I absolutely love that. Like rock music is what gets me going. Um, like the other day I, I just cranked, uh, some ACDC and did like 30 pushups and then just jumped in a cold shower. Cause I'm like, I'm taking a cold shower this morning and I'm going to, I'm so jacked for this. Um, and so when you, yeah, when you said rock, like I'm totally going to use that. I might even like switch the alarm clock to like ACDC and just like, step out of bed and say, this day is going to rock and throw the rock. Like Emma's going to yeah. absolutely just love me for that, but I'm stoked, man. Um, yeah, yeah, go. Can I, can I interrupt real yeah. quick? Um, yeah. And the, the whole idea of that is like you celebrate in your own way. So the original, it's called like the Maui habit or something like mm-hmm. that. It's, uh, it's like today, the, 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 the premise is like, today is going to be great. Like that's what you want to go into that yeah. thinking. And I just adapted to myself. I've been in a really big, like, uh, 
late or early like late 80s early to or i guess all 90s and like early 2000s like rock metal grunge phase right now and it just like fit it fit in what i was wanting to do and i was like oh today's gonna rock yes yes (laughs) Uh, but like yeah man uh you don't need to you don't need to conquer the world in your morning routine i often don't complete all of my morning rituals and that's okay because I can see like, uh, like if uh, I don't get sunlight, I mean, if I don't get sunlight in the morning, it's not gonna like completely deter my day. I've done enough of my morning rituals that I'm on the right path. Yeah. Uh, and it, like I said, it, it depends on your context and priorities. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mr. Matt Stone, thank you so much for being on the show. I know we've covered a lot. You'll be on some other shows because there's m- many things I wanted to dive in today, but I want to try to cap it to an hour. And it looks like we did okay on time, hour and four minutes. <laughs> so I just, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, I thank you for your time. And until next time. Thanks, Matt. Alrighty, guys, if you got any value out of this show, please give it a share. Share it with a friend. I would love for you guys to leave a review. Tell me what you think. Um, I just, I thank all of you for coming back and listening to the show. I know that it will grow over time. And if you guys want to be a guest on the show, DM me. If you think you have some value to bring, I would love to have a conversation with you. Until next time, take care.